0: Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where 220 something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. to Hello. What do you what to talk about? I feel like
0: there's a lot to talk about. Um, it was once again a busy week. Um, busy weekend in the Prem first and foremost, and then a busy week in the big wide world of, of football at large. Of course, there were Champions League games to talk about and a couple miscellaneous um, yeah. points to discuss. Um, but I think we're going to start, uh, as usual, uh, with the Premier League. Um, some big games this weekend, as it we really talked like about. It was
1: like derby week, honestly, like it all really, over
0: It really was all over the place. <laughs> Um, do we want to say the the two biggest games, the the derby games, for last?
1: Yeah, um, let's do that. Let's do that.
0: We'll talk yeah. about. Um, so there, they were not the only games to have some drama. Um, no. By no means. Um, of the sort of more notable results, um, or let's say of the less notable results, <laughs> less <laughs> less controversial things. Um, Luster will be very happy with their four nothing battering of nottingham forest yes um i think uh fulham will be disappointed to lose 4-1 to newcastle especially at home after their good start to the season yeah um, uh, everton will be very happy to have gotten a win over southampton yes um yeah. And West Ham beat Wolves 2-0, which, of course, did result in the firing of the Wolves coach, Bruno Um, I, As far as I know, I haven't been on Twitter much today. As far as I know, Wolves have not officially hired somebody yet.
1: I have not seen anything um, to tell me that they have. So
0: they have not hired somebody yet. I suspect this is partially because Wolves plays Chelsea this weekend, um, and they're just going to wait and hire their new manager after that. Um, yeah. What, whatever, and we'll talk about Chelsea in a, in a second, but regardless of the current form of Chelsea, in a struggling team, you probably don't want your new manager's first game to be Chelsea. So I expect we'll probably see um, uh, an update on that after the weekend, but we'll see. Anyways, um <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> those, those were the non-controversial games. Yeah. Um, just a few. Or not it, not nothing controversial in them. Um some of the less intense controversies mm-hmm. um to discuss or um that don't have as much to them would be um Leeds Aston and Villa uh drew zero zero on Sunday um this was a very entertaining second half um because Leeds had a player sent off um, for a second yellow on a t- quite simply
1: stupid
0: it was thing just to do. stupid
1: it was just it, it was, was just like i you just know can it. he just should not have done that <laughs>
0: yeah you just know jesse marsh absolutely ripped him a new one um after the game that was ridiculous you just
1: can't do that shit
0: at that level um if you did not know his second <laughs> yellow was he impeded the free kick he just stuck a leg out i just think he like, um, wasn't
1: paying attention like
0: no he very much did it on purpose but like first of all to do that at all at this level is stupid silly yeah to do it at this level when you're already on a yellow like you deserve what you get like you're that gonna be that dumb but regardless of that, it was a very entertaining second half um, where not only did Aston Villa s- – they, they played almost the inti- entire second half with an extra man, Aston Villa. Um, not only did they fail to score, Leeds almost put one in at the end there. Um,
1: Leeds it looked was- very good, all things considered. And I will give it out to their defense because I feel like we discussed, we think that their defense may be their weaker aspect of it. Yes. They looked, they looked composed and – they have
0: put on um one hell of a defensive performance. Yeah, I will say that, and it was an entertaining last couple of minutes. I think Marsh will be very unhappy that they went down a man, um, but will be happy with their response to going down yes. a man. I think yeah. Stevie G will be very frustrated. Was very frustrated after the game, but it will be continue to be very frustrated that they could not. <laughs> get in the goal i swear to god ollie watkins could not buy a goal that no. man was doing everything but score everything he was but doing he,
1: he played um, well
0: yeah he played well except that his primary job needs to be when you're inside the box
1: put to put the ball in the net put yeah. the ball in the net yeah. and he couldn't do it i i do agree i do agree um
0: but nonetheless nonetheless um, an entertaining game it was one of the most entertaining zero zeros um i've seen in in quite some time a while I but agree. um yeah other games that didn't have super strong controversy to them um Liverpool tied Brighton 3-3 um Liverpool continues to have defensive issues they scored a couple goals in this one but they actually had to come back from 2-0 down they were down 2-0 at halftime yeah um went back up 3-2 and then gave up uh the third goal for Tresard's hat trick um he was one of three hat tricks three people to score a hat trick this weekend the other two played for Manchester City, but we will get to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> but um, he, I think they said he's one of the only, he, it's a very short list of players who have scored hat-tricks at Anfield. Um, oh, I opposing, know, cool. play that did not play for, I forget how many it was, but they said like, there's not a very long list of, of players who do not play for Liverpool, like away players that that's have scored hat-tricks yeah. at Anfield. Um, So, you know, good on, good on Troussard. Um, But Liverpool continue to be in a, a bit of, a, I like, don't know what to say about Liverpool. I, I think I want to save the bulk of my Liverpool discussion for when we talk about the Champions League. Yes. Um, but I, I like, don't, No, I I don't think I can say anything that we haven't already said I just like don't know what the problem is but I think there's been a lot of discussion about Trent Alexander-Arnold and I do think I want to discuss him when we talk about the Champions League rather than when we talk about this game Um, and then I think that sort of topic I think speaks to Liverpool's defense issues at large Um, but we'll talk about that um, in in a little bit later on yeah, the other two games that happened on Saturday, um, uh, outside of the two derbies, the other two games left that are not the derbies, um, were a two-one Chelsea win over Crystal Palace um, and a zero-zero Burn Brentford tie. Now both of these games are controversy. controversial. Woo-hoo. We got a, um, it.
1: Wouldn't let's just say it wouldn't be a Premier League weekend without some controversy. So no, and Here it wouldn't are.
0: be a Premier League weekend without some VAR controversy yeah because um, we
1: somehow i would just say somehow they remain to be like the same the only league who can't figure it out yeah but
0: well uh, there was some bar controversy in the champions league this week
1: this is true this um, is true we will so get we'll to talk that. about that we'll we talk about that a that. little bit that is true
0: you're right they they do consistently have bar controversy i want to talk about bournemouth brentford first because there were yeah. two um no calls all three of the controversial things that happened in these two games were no calls yeah. um So in Brentford, uh, in Brentford, Bournemouth, Bournemouth had two different calls where their players were calling for penalties. Um, Neither were given. And there were, I think, pretty strong arguments for both, particularly Mm -hmm. the first one. Um, The first one was a foul. Um, It was on the edge of the area um, fairly early in the game, about 20 minutes in. Um, This one, to me, is a penalty. Yeah. I think this one's a penalty. It goes to VAR. They don't call it. Whatever. And then at freaking 90 plus three, um, Bormis sends in a a corner kick. It bounces around. It pops up, hits a guy's hand, a Brentford defender's hand, and then is cleared. Um, And there were shouts for a penalty there. That one I don't think was even reviewed.
1: Yeah, um, we also I would like to say we didn't get a very good look at it. We were just watching it before we like we recorded. Very and much, couldn't get a good zoomed in look. So I feel like I can't we had a hard time. It.
0: We had a hard time tracking down video of that one, but we did find it. We do know what they were referring to. Um, I, I think it's more the second one is almost more of a assault in the wound on the no call in the first one. Yeah, I think that, yeah. Um, the second one is in my opinion yes it it hits his hand but to be fair there's no Bournemouth attacker right there there's no one particularly that was good like it doesn't and it's completely unintentional like the ball bounces up his arms in a natural position it bounces up it hits his arms whatever yeah I think the first one is a worse um no call and I think that early in the game it changes the entire game it was like 20 minutes in um so I think Bournemouth will probably feel a bit hard done um by having two no calls in a game, that's that's pretty rough. Um, it makes the first one harder to take that they didn't get the second one. It also makes the second one harder to take that they didn't get the first one.
1: I also think um, like the end of the game, they were really pushing. Yeah, at the end like of they game. were really like pushing they, at the like, end of the game. Yeah, I, yeah, I can understand the. But
0: I will say, actually, moving over that. to Chelsea Crystal Palace, I yeah. think this was by far the worst no call I have seen in a while yeah it was a pretty Um, clear like for those of you who did not watch tiago silva deliberately handled the ball when jordan ayu was about to be in on goal yeah alone yes he got a yellow for it i don't understand in what universe this isn't a straight red i actually think it's two straight reds um, there are two different things you could have given Tiago Silva straight red for here. Yeah. One, he's on the ground and he deliberately reaches Stops out his arm ball. to stop yeah. the ball. That alone right there is a red card. Red card. That alone. And that does, doesn't even include the fact that it's a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. I was
1: about to say. Because I was card. about to go. Yeah.
0: So so you, you put both those things together. How is it not a red card? I don't understand. I genuinely do not understand how anybody could look at this and not think it's a red card. I just, both those things alone are red cards, in my opinion. You put the two of them together, I genuinely don't understand. If I was a Crystal Palace supporter, I'd have been throwing things. I would have been absolutely incensed. Like, yeah, I, especially, especially when Thiago Silva then goes on to assist Chelsea's second goal. Yes. Or. Yeah. Their first goal, I guess, but the e- Crystal Palace went up. So it was,
1: he it was then 1-0. goes on to assist
0: their equalizer. Yeah. I would yeah. lose my goddamn mind if I was a Crystal Palace supporter.
1: Yeah. I would have Like a South London Derby too. So like, yeah.
0: Which, um, I
1: don't know if it's as big of a deal, but you know, here we are.
0: Yeah. But I, I would have absolutely lost it. Completely and utterly lost it. I. Just cannot come up with a reasonable explanation. At least it, it honestly, these that this the fact that he didn't get a straight red for this makes the Bournemouth calls look totally fair. Yeah. Like I this one's got me stumped. Usually, usually, even if I even if I vehemently disagree with the call being made or a no call or whatever, I can usually at least understand what the referee is looking at even if I don't agree with it or it's one of those cases where like the rules are weird and I don't really know how you interpret the rule and so maybe my understanding of the rule is different
1: yeah this one I just truly I was just re-watching it again because I wanted to see what, what time point it was at does he think he gets fouled? Like, do they think that Tiago gets fouled by the Crystal Palace guy? Which, but they doesn't. give Tiago a yellow. It's not that it wasn't a card. Oh, at right, all. right, right, right. He gave right. Tiago a yellow
0: for so that like, action. For that action. Yeah. How is it not a red? I don't understand.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like
0: if it, if it had been no call entirely and the argument was that he'd gotten fouled, at least while that's blatantly not what happened. At least then that sort of you you understand where he was like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter that it was a deliberate handball and a denial of a goal scoring opportunity because he was fouled first. But if he's not he but he wasn't and they didn't call that he was, he got a yellow card for it. I just don't understand. I just don't understand.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. Again, this is kind of again, we we've talked about it before, like wanting referees to have to talk about their decisions say something on the decisions they made because they leave us in just a limbo of not knowing and I think like like, it would just be helpful to get like in the NBA they do that they have to say something like they have like a wrap up thing at the end of the game like
0: like I think Chris Kavanaugh should have to sit who is the referee for this game I agree they he should have to sit down and say I looked at it on the VAR screen. In my opinion, the Chelsea defender was close enough to the play that he could have recovered and it would not have been a denial of a goal-scoring yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Do I agree with that? Absolutely not. No, but- Do I think that's the case? Absolutely not. Do I think Chris Kavanaugh's is an idiot if that's what he thought? Yes. But at least that I know that's what he thought right like that's how you don't necessarily agree with
1: it but at least there's some justification for why it was right i just think that we have to like there has to be a little bit of more accountability for these i agree there has to
0: be i think a little i agree i think there has to be a little bit more there should be more accountability there should be more transparency yeah yeah especially because so much of it is about how the rule is interpreted Mm -hmm. so i think that if the referee comes out and says afterwards my interpretation of the rule is this and therefore this. Yeah. And therefore my decision was this. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's at like least that's then we understand argue the We you about rationale. it. But at least there's a little bit more to the decision than just like I decided But then decided we would be argue, we would be able
0: to argue about something specific. Exactly. We'd either be able to argue we'd be able to argue about okay, I don't like his interpretation of the rule and or then let's look at the rule. we'd be able to say yeah, and then let's look at the rule. And then and then the Premier League could go, okay, well, if referees are always dis... The, the FA can go, okay, if referees are viewing the rule in these three different ways, they're interpreting in these three different ways, which way do we think they should interpret it? And how can we rewrite the rules so that it can be interpreted correctly? Because, like, frankly, most of the time, rules should not be up to your interpretation. How you apply those rules can vary, but the rule itself should not be interpreted differently by different referees in the same league. Like there needs to be a little bit, I think one of the biggest problems the Premier League has is the lack of consistency, um, both within referees and between referees, the consistencies in the call that they're making and sort of what, what you could, I think, there are VAR calls we've seen where you could show the referee the call on, Two different days and he would make two different calls. Yes. Or you could show a referee, two different referees, the same video and they would make two different calls. And I think that's too common. Of course, that's going to happen sometimes, but I think it happens too much in the Premier League that it must be, I think, at its core, a rule issue.
1: Exactly. It's got to be about how the rules are written. Yeah. I completely agree. I don't know. Because
0: it can't be that every referee in the Premier League is trash. Or doesn't know how to interpret rules. No, it can't they, be it that.
1: It can't be that because they are good referees and we know that they're good refs. So and it's like, not that. honest to God, I've never had issues with, oh my God, what
0: is his name now? I can see his face. It's not Martin Atkinson. It's the guy who, I don't Journey? know. One of the referee, um, Premier League referees... Um, who also reps in the Champions League? Yeah, but who um, is it? I don't know who it is either. I can see his face. I can't remember his name. Um, but he, I never have any problem with him in the, in the Champions League. So it's got to be there's something about the Premier League that they just anyway everyone just loses their uh, loses their shit. Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace. Moral of the story: Crystal Palace was a hundred percent robbed. Um, of frankly. All
1: three points. Yep. And here we are. And Chelsea has won a game, which is sad, but whatever. It's one of those other conversations that I
0: think has, it has sparked a little bit of the conversation about um, calls for big clubs versus little clubs.
1: Yeah. Um, 100%.
0: Which I think we've discussed on, on here before and said it, it exists it exists in all leagues it exists amongst all the big
1: teams it, it it's the case it's it it's sucks, the case and it's very true and there should be but i will done say it, and nothing has been done about it
0: but i will say i don't know that this particular call is that much of the case because i feel at least personally that most of the time those calls that go that will like the call will go the way of the big club, but won't go the way of the little club. Most of those types of calls tend to be the more closer calls, like the more controversial ones. Like, I I don't know that this call didn't get called a red card because he, it was Chelsea. I think the referee
1: just fucked. Up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah
0: but it did spark that conversation that part of the conversation has been going a little bit again but that's the last I have to say about that yeah. um let's move on to some more fun topics which is um the North London Derby and the Manchester Derby which one do you want to do first
1: We can do me first um let's say it was a happy early Saturday morning for me yeah um I dragged really my bat my ass out of bed at it was really early for you Five thirty. 30 yeah I mean Again, I think that as any Arsenal fan, you go into this not knowing what to expect. We got kind of clobbered by Tottenham last year when we were fighting to get in the Champions League. And you just never know. Um, But we uh, won 3-1. I would say it was a very dominant performance. Tottenham did get a red card like a little bit into the second half about
0: halfway yeah i was trying to see
1: 60 a 60 second, second
0: minute. minute so a little less than halfway i mean i think it was a red half.
1: card it was studs up into martinelli's leg above the calf area in my opinion i agree um there was a little bit of discourse about this just like um the announcers and stuff were saying look when you slow it down on VAR and stare at it 10 or 15 times maybe you're like is it a red but the ref called it he was like you know feet away he called it what it was and he went and looked at it to get him var and kept his call and i think we've talked about this before right like you got to give the referee a like the benefit of the doubt at some point um and we can't be slowing down every single tiny little thing looking for a mistake
0: um as I told you earlier, before we started recording, I listened to about 80,000 podcasts this week because I was doing a lot oh, of driving. Yes. <laughs> um, but they, one of the podcasts I was listening to, I can't remember if it was the ESPN FC one or the Sky Sports one, but one of them had a former um, Premier League referee, Mark Klatenberg. Um, what a legend. Who does a lot of commentary, who does a lot of commentary <laughs> these days. Um, he came on and was talking about these different calls. Um, if you're wondering what he thought about the Chelsea one, he said that was definitely a red card. Um, yeah. But he ac- actually said that he would probably not have called this one a red, but he had something interesting to say about it, which is that while he might not have called it a red, he he understands why it got called a red. Um, but he had something yeah. interesting to say about the VAR aspect of it, um, which was that this is, which I didn't realize, Well, I guess if I'd thought about it, I might've realized this, but when the referee gets called over to basically, I guess how VAR works is right after something is called or not called, VAR gives an initial decision in the referee's ear. Mm -hmm. Um, So if the referee calls the card on the field, he gives him a red. VAR then says, yes, they'll either say like, "Yeah," they won't say anything, but if they say anything to him, they say, we don't think that's red. Go look oh, at
1: it. Interesting. Okay.
0: And so if they go... If the referee goes to look at it, then VAR told them that to they think the decision else. is different than what they called on the field.
1: Okay. So
0: VAR said... Whoever was VAR in this game. So that would have been... Mm. Jared Gillett. I don't know who that guy is. But, but I do know
1: if he went over to the VAR thing at all. but But basically...
0: I don't know if he went over. I don't know if he did either, but I don't, um, I don't remember. It was five thirty. <laughs> I have no idea whether he did or not. But I think they did review it.
1: I feel like they must have, but um, this... I'm trying to look
0: back in the thing right now.
1: It doesn't say. It doesn't say.
0: Um, but anyway, but that—that's just sort of general overall context. That if they yeah. go over, um, that might he might have said that in the context of the. Chelsea game because in the Chelsea game, he did go over and look at it. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, okay. I don't know. No call, red card. He did go over and look at it. I just don't remember if you went to look at it. I was, because I was apprehensive of the call when it happened in the Arsenal game, but then I feel like no one really argued with it at all. And it just kind of like, yeah. I mean, I think, and they were, and Conte was pissed at him because he had like let it happen to himself and it was a stupid foul that, like, it shouldn't have. That, at what, the should end of that the day he, should never have he gone went in, in recklessly that. yeah he went
0: in recklessly late there was no attempt to play the ball and he yeah. caught him with his cleats that's enough for me is it the worst red card i've ever seen no absolutely no, not. absolutely no. not and i think that also and like, i think it had anthony been a yellow taylor, at some yeah point. i think had anthony taylor given him a yellow on the field i don't think anybody would be super pissed about it
1: no i don't like, think I so think either
0: I think it's one of those calls where the initial call was always going to stand.
1: Yeah. You could call If it had been called
0: a yellow, I don't think it would have been overturned as a red called a red. I don't think it was going to get overturned to a yellow.
1: Yeah. I would also like to say to anyone who thinks, Oh, this changed the game. I do not think this. I don't think that arsenal would have lost this game to Tottenham. If absolutely not. If like suddenly that it was was two, one, it was was two, one
0: already at that point. Yes Arsenal then went and scored shortly thereafter but yeah. by that point I felt like Arsenal was in control of the game and Absolute whether
1: control Spurs went down a man was not going to was not significantly impact And I will say it's it was very interesting because I was worried about Spurs counterattack seeing as we like get, lost the game to Man United because of their counterattack but
0: yeah. we fully
1: managed it we clearly made the adjustment and um do- I mean we dominated which um I feel like need people needed to see in order to be like oh Arsenal's the real deal, like they yeah. can do this in a big game. I someone said that the atmosphere within like the stadium was like the best they've seen it in years, you know. Mm-hmm. I just think things are clicking. Um there are a couple of areas to which obviously still need improvement, but
0: and and Odegaard's
1: still hurt, isn't he? No, he played. Oh, he played okay. yeah he was hurt though he was hurt the week before um yeah. it's not we finally have a deep enough bench though that if like Odegaard gets hurt I'm not like oh shit like yeah but I mean like, is just generally anyway I will say um, um Saka looked really a lot better in this game um not like he hasn't looked good he just has a he's, different he's, role yeah he and struggled he, for England I think yeah, he, he his, when he's able to get in off the wing and create that way, like he created the second goal basically for Jesus, like Jesus just cleaned that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Saka just has to adjust it, like Arsenal doesn't need them, like doesn't need him to be scoring the goals, right? Like, yeah. He's never really should have been that person. They just didn't have anyone else. So yeah. I think he's just adjusting in on that, but you can see that it's working. Um, and I'm very pleased with how he's been playing. I mean, everyone's been playing well. It's kind of scary. Yeah, I
0: think they're they're kind of clicking right now. Um, and I think like what you what we talked about before with them being able to Arsenal being able to bounce back. Yeah. um is a big thing um because I think we've seen in past years and the point you made about um having been killed on the counter versus Man U and then adjusting yeah. um is something that I think those are the two biggest things I feel like that Arsenal lacked the last in previous years which is that they lose one game they lose their shit it's it's done they they can't bounce back the game catastrophic after. like yes end. yes and They did not fix mistakes like like they didn't adjust mid season like that in terms of like figuring out okay you get beat this way you don't get beat like that again exactly Um, and I think you can really see the Pep influence on Arteta in those sorts of things absolutely because that's very true of all of Pep's teams Pep very rarely gets beat the same way twice. Because he always – or his teams don't get beat the same way twice in a row because they – like, he's so – strict and so tactical he doesn't let it happen and I I think you can tell Arteta is the same way I think Arteta, yeah he saw what happened and went no that we're not doing that again let's figure out how to fix it yeah
1: I will say too like I think we finally have the personnel like especially on defense who can do that like I think Arteta has always wanted that right but we didn't have the players to enable that so like we finally have people who are good enough who can make that can identify I the think, problem, change it, and just do it the next game. I think
0: we are seeing this year the fruits of Arteta's labors the last two years. Yeah, two, three. Like yes. we're seeing it. This is the result. This is, and I think a club like Man U or even Chelsea could yeah. take a couple notes from, yeah. from Arsenal. This is what happens when you ha- find the right guy and you spend money intelligently and yeah. you let it happen over a couple of years yeah like that's
1: and like also that's it's like how also you build the a willing, the team. willingness to put the team like the whole obama yang saga last year i mean people thought our title was crazy oh yeah i mean i thought he was like what you're gonna lose the player you just signed him it was a whole big thing oh we're re-signing him he's our guy he's our captain and you basically put your foot down and you're like you aren't the right person for this team. And I don't care. I I'm not going to do go...
0: that. But then the club backed him on it.
1: The club backed him. They also waited. Like, they didn't go run, panic, and get another striker. Mm-hmm. They, like, allowed what happened at the end of the season to happen, which almost, like, opened it up for Gabriel Jesus to come in. Like, you yeah. know, like, they they waited.
0: Had they not waited, they would not have gotten Gabriel Jesus because he would not have left midseason last year.
1: Exactly. And so, like, though it's sad and maybe if we had a better striker, maybe we'd be in the Champions League this year. Like, in my mind, I feel like it's an – okay like, we're in a Long way better term. spot long-term because yeah. Gabriel Jesus just fits. And, like, he's the striker we have always needed. Uh-huh. And – Maybe we sacrifice one thing for that, but the long-term benefits, I think we're already seeing like what will happen. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the patience, and like you kind of have to just plug your ears to everyone, like the fans criticizing and everyone criticizing they just went for it. The club having
0: an a long-term plan and sticking to it and being okay with a little bit of a couple years where you're not so good while you rebuild. Yeah. I think Man U
1: has never had to do that, so they don't know how.
0: I mean, I don't not think like Arsenal chussy. really
1: has had to do it in that capacity, I would say.
0: No, they haven't, but I would also say it took Arsenal a while. Oh, yeah. See, they, before they brought in Arteta, they had a whole stretch where they were a mess yeah. for years and years and years, and there was no plan. So they had to suck for like, probably five plus years i would like to say uh, us
1: wasn't like terrible like just like whatever but like like, not just not looking good cohesive or consistent ever
0: yeah and then they had to do that for for probably five years a little more
1: i would say five yeah
0: and before they brought arteta in and and figured out i think they it seemed to me like they were running around doing what Manu and Chelsea are doing right now, and then was like, "Wait, this is not working. We need to figure something out." Yeah, let's invest say, in. Let's make. A- too- they weren't doing it to the extent of Manu and Chelsea. Yeah. By no, the way. no, 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 no. I was, but afraid. like,
1: I will also say though, like Unai Emery, because he was kind of the coach in between. He got a little bit screwed by the owners not like letting him spend. But I will say he was the one who gave the opportunity to like Sokka, Martinelli, Smith. Like he did like those academy guys who are now like the core of our team. Mm -hmm. Like Emery like gave them the space to play. And he wasn't a great like Arteta is way better. But I do think that like he started as the interim he did the right thing and bolstering those young players and he did open up the opportunity for them. So like, it's just interesting. Like I do, I it's retrospectively, I can look at it and be like, Ooh, it was such a good idea. Like in it, I was like, Arsenal, what the hell are you doing? Right. But like, yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's nice to see something like that work out. And it's interesting to see if other big clubs may follow having seen the success. You have to find a good young coach, though I guess, to be able to kind of help you along in that way.
0: Well, that gives us a good little segue into the Manchester Derby because Man U fans <laughs> seem to think Ten Hag is that
1: guy for them, and he could be. I, I I don't think that there's anything saying that he's not, except for the fact that they just lost. Yeah, but honestly, three. though, like, but like, I don't know how and much that is of that a is flattering scoreline but i don't know how mu- like, how much of that is ten hogg's fault or just the inevitability of holland
0: i think there's a combination within this manchester derby i will say yeah city this is the this the first half of the manchester derby was the best i have seen city play in a long time and that's not to say city was not playing well before this but that I think that if City play the way they played in that first half, there are, is not many, if anybody in the world, any other team in the world, that would not be down a couple goals to them. They looked ridiculous in the first. They were up 4-0 at half. But it could have been worse. It could have been 7 nothing at halftime. Like, it was an absolute dismantling. Yeah. Um, and then, frankly, in the second half, they just turned off. They were like, we won the game. And they had. They'd already won. They won it in the first half. But I think, to, to the point that you just made, while I think that is true, I don't think that a, different decisions would have changed anything. Changed the outcome, I will say. Who had walked away with the three points. I will say, I do not understand why Ten Hag brought in Casemiro. Oh, well, that makes no sense to me at all. I don't know. If he isn't going to play him. And it seems to me, like, if you have got a team that has got Kevin De Bruyne running the midfield, Bernardo Silva running around like a maniac, and Erling motherfucking Holland, how do you not at least have Casemiro, arguably, maybe not anymore, I think he's probably towards the end of his career, but one of the best defensive midfielders in the whole world? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, we know I don't like Casemiro. No, I've none of I've talked about us him do. plenty when we, he was on Madrid. But the guy knows how to handle big players. This is a guy who, you know, his job for many years was to take care of Messi. Do I think Casemiro playing would have been enough? for the outcome of the game to be different no but they might not have been down 4 nothing at halftime yeah so i think that was a mistake straight up a mistake from Ten Hag. i yeah straight up um but you can we can go back and forth on the whether ronaldo should have been playing or not but like city were ruthless City beat the living shit out of them um holland had a hat trick had a hat trick uh, another hat trick he's the first player in premier league history to score three hat tricks in three consecutive home games in the premier league um so he ups his premier league goal count to 14
1: um which is ridiculous. In eight games which is ridiculous I saw a thing that was like how long does it take like other people to get to 14 goals who are like leading scorers like season wise and it's just absolutely insane like uh the premier the premier league uh
0: golden boot last year was 23 goals yeah so Holland has 14 in eight games so okay Yep, that's happening. The next highest scorer in the Prem has seven goals. Yeah. Just to give you some context there. Yeah, the guy is. I I think it's funny because I think genuinely everyone is running out of things to say about him. I mean, they are. Like, don't you think? Like, like, what else do you say about him? Here's what I'll say about him. That's new. He had three goals. He also assisted two of Foden's. Foden also scored a hat trick. Um, to me, this hat trick Foden's hat trick was more meaningful to me than Holland's. Um, it is his first city hat trick. Um, it is also, you know, he's a he's a Manchester born boy to yeah. score his first city hat trick at the Etihad against Manchester United in a derby. Is like like that's like the shit that you know he was like dreaming about at four years old like you know like it doesn't get any more like the story could not be more perfect um and so you know that's a it, and and Foden is sort of finding his form now but the fact that Holland assisted two of Foden's goals yeah no okay it's, it's... that's happening now that's a thing that's happening now. So yeah. let's think about that one. Yeah. Anywho, um, but um also worth noting one of uh Debrina's assists, De Debrina assisted Holland twice. Um he continues to go on a tear. Everybody's like Debrina and Holland are cheat code, which is fair enough. Um his one assist where he like curled the ball in through there and Holland like yeah, that was nice. put it out was a little crazy um but yeah honestly just a dismantling from city towards united um not even that much to even talk about other than the fact that this was i think in many ways um man united fans were starting to get up on themselves after beating arsenal and this was sort of a reality check
1: yeah and i will say I i mean maybe like last kind of thing to say we the man city arsenal game got postponed but um like that should be exciting i i don't I don't it should be, know, I don't like I, I don't think that anyone will root against city. I don't think I would like root against city in that. But I think it's gonna be an interesting clash of systems, similar systems. and yeah, I, I think that it's gonna be an interesting game. It'll be interesting to watch, and I hope that Arsenal can just like, you know, run at them a little bit. and I mean, I don't I, I, yeah, like what do I you will think say another games? interesting to see another
0: interesting thing to see will be um, Liverpool plays Arsenal this coming weekend, and they say play City the following weekend. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how those games pan out.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be um hiking on Saturday, so I'm gonna be missing that game live, and I haven't decided if I'm gonna try and like not pay attention. Um, what time is that game? I think it's 11:30 Eastern.
0: Okay, so 9:30.
1: I think, but don't there. hold me to that. You should look it up yourself but um, anyway yeah I it's have some... something in the afternoon so i'm
0: i hope that if
1: i hope it's at nine
0: not at nine thirty, because i think if it's at nine i can watch the whole thing if it's at nine i'll probably have to leave before it ends
1: yeah either way that's going to be a fun game i mean i i well it, it's it a le- could it's, it could be a fun game well i would like it to be a demolishing by arsenal but you again i think
0: it, it I, I, genuinely
1: i think if it's not a demolishing
0: by arsenal it'll be a fun game
1: yeah i don't know again again as an arsenal fan you you're just right it's never know you just don't you just don't know um let's move on to the champions league if you don't mind um moving, yeah. moving forward um I mean, there were a number of games, obviously. Um, you – I need to pull up the exact scores, but – Some were not super notable. Um, I will things. say, I mean, if we just want to run through that – I mean, so Chelsea beating Milan, they win 3-0. Um, yeah. I mean, it Chelsea is Chelsea needed is. that win.
0: What? I think Chelsea needed that win.
1: They did need it, and, you know, like, I don't know I who they Chelsea play played next. well. I, I heard that it looked like they were working under like Grand Potter's system. So, yeah, Reese James had a good game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he's, he should really be in the conversation for England, but maybe that's a discussion for another time. Um, yeah. Real Shakhtar, I mean, Real wins 2 1. I don't think that there's much
0: like. I mean, I think it's surprising there. that it was only 2 1.
1: Yeah, but yeah. not much I didn't watch know. it so I wasn't able to fully tell um who um, they got their first
0: win which they desperately yeah. needed in the yeah. Champions League um Dortmund really took it to Sevilla they
1: really did I was a little surprising
0: time. I thought Sevilla struggled a little bit this year but I thought but so Dortmund is so hot and cold that I thought just that never might know. be a closer game,
1: normal- but... They do normally turn it on for the Champions League, though, and then lose their True. weekend games, so... um
0: Spurs drew. Spurs looked uninspired at best.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Napoli, I will... This is another one that surprised me, that
1: Napoli beat the living shit. That shocked I. me. I mean, yeah, there was a red card, but I don't think the red card was... It was in the 73rd minute, and all but one of Napoli's goals have been scored by then, so...
0: I mean Napoli is, to my understanding, running a bit of a riot in Syria right now. They, they I are, believe, yes. Um, I believe they're undefeated in Syria. Um,
1: no, and not, not to knock on Napoli. I, I don't think that like we thought uh, Ajax it, was going to win. I just didn't think it was going to be a six-one. I thrashing. think
0: this is equaled. Um, Ajax's. I think they said heaviest defeat in the Champions League.
1: Yeah. So just, um. Surprising again, that's uh, yeah, not surprised that...
0: Napoli, not surprised Napoli won. No, surprised that they beat the crap out of Ajax. Yeah, that's
1: and it's it. it's a yeah, I don't know. Napoli's kind of solidifying themselves at the top of that group right now, but it's an interesting um, PSG won their game.
0: Messi had an absolute they tied, goal.
1: they tied their that's game,
0: tied, yeah, one one. No, oh, they have a goal called back, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, right i
1: was not paying enough attention to
0: that game i didn't look up the score just i didn't look up the score of the psg game i just wrote messy goal
1: (laughs) i mean that's all Um, that really needs to be discussed within the context of that game the only thing i really i really care about um yeah it was a beautiful goal it was like just like you know what you expect from him and it was fantastic he's playing Um, at another level right now and everyone should watch out for argentina
0: they really should um but on the messy note um there's been a lot of discussion around Messi in the past couple of days about yeah. him allegedly going perhaps back to barcelona and i just want to put it on the record what i actually said to you yesterday rachel yeah, um yeah. which is uh, i think or not that i think i would not be surprised Messi is 35 right 36. 35 36 36. He's 36 um he'll be 37 he turns thirty his birthday in june so he'll be 37 as the season ends if argentina wins the world cup this year which is by no means a foregone conclusion but they're definitely one of the favorites
1: he also came out today saying this is going to be his last his world last cup. world cup
0: yes um, which makes sense. He'll be forty for the next one. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone's expecting him to play another one. So <laughs> no, but I, what I said to you yesterday, Rachel, I yeah. would not be surprised if he just re- if they win the World Cup, if he just retires at the I end would of it. Su-
1: it would be the messy thing to do to kind of just leave it on top, like to just be done. Yeah. Yes, he's playing really
0: great right now. He seems to have found his rhythm with PSG. But he has never felt to me like that he enjoys the celebrity of it, yeah. of being messy. I think obviously he likes being as good as he is, and he likes winning the Vol bon d'Ors. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I would not be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Barça, I'll be honest. I would be surprised but i would it would not i feel like it would shock some people if he just retired but it would not shock me so i just want to put it yeah. out there i just want to put that thought i had into the universe mm-hmm. so that if it happens
1: if it we can happens, pretend like we were that i can point else. back to
0: this and say no seriously you can go you i'm not shocked and i can prove it because i talked
1: about it in october so i just want to put that into the You We just like to be on the forefront of all these ideas so if we can catch them as early as we can we will try and get on top of it.
0: I just like my idea when I have sort of hot takes I like them to be on the record so that if I turn out to be right I can point back at them and and prove it um but anyway um um I will say the crap out of um, Copenhagen, really not much to say about that. Holland scored two goals and then came out. I will say, uh, I wanted to just say um,
1: Club Bruges beating Atletico, I think, is yes. um, just like one of the things to point out because they currently are top of their group.
0: Um, yes.
1: They have nine points and the rest of them, Porto, Leverkusen, and Atletico, I don't think anyone would have thought that Bruges was going to be at the top of this group. They all have three points. so. Clubber is just looking pretty good to get out of the group stage right now, so just that. I actually a shout out.
0: made the mistake that I accused everyone else of making when I talked about the Manchester derby earlier, um, but it reminded me talking about City thrashing of Copenhagen. Um, is that Graylish is playing super fucking well? He, looked, um, yeah, he was man he of the match good. in um, the Champions League, or he won the like Champions League player of the match or whatever thing um, in their Champions League game. He did not. Score a goal, but he looked really. He was really good in the Manchester derby as well. I will say in the um, Manchester
1: derby, I like I was noticing him, which mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've always felt like. Oh, no. I see, but I like could tell like you could tell what he was doing on the pitch. He's almost
0: got. It seems like he. I almost feel like, perhaps, after this England run. And sort of talking about all this things that he did publicly, he's sort of stopped caring about it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's
0: now just like playing. Yeah. And so he's not scoring goals. He's not scoring assists. Or he's not getting assists. I don't care. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I think and he's positively he's,
1: impacting the team.
0: He is positively impacting the team and he's impacting the games. And I'm happy. I'm very happy with how he's doing right now. Um, Barca Inter was a
1: little little controversial.
0: Yeah, this is what um, we were saying
1: when I was like, "Oh, haha, the Premier League's the only league that has problems with VAR." This is what we were saying was maybe a questionable.
0: Yeah, thing. so Barca lost to Inter one nothing. Um, I will say Barca did not play like super awesome. Yeah. Um. But this was a tough one, I think, for Barca to take because they had a goal disallowed on a sort of flimsy handball. Um. And then they had a PK denied for a handball. Yeah. So I think the combination of those two things, and I think both calls are debatable, but I think much like the Bournemouth Brentford game, it is worse for both to have happened. To have a, yeah. a penalty not be awarded a penalty on a contra- on, on sort of like a debatable decision, and then to have a goal called back on a debatable decision, yeah. that's really frustrating. Yeah, and you yeah. can understand why Barca and Javi walked away from that game very, very, very struck, yeah. um, very frustrated. Um, so while but at the end of the day, had Barca played better than they did, they might, it might not have mattered, but you can understand why, and I don't, in my opinion, neither of the calls were like egregiously bad, um, yeah. but both were controversial, both I think were debatable. I think there's an argument in Barca's favor for both calls, Um, so you can understand why they're frustrated. Um and why they feel a bit hard done
1: um, by that. Yeah, but I I don't think that really in any way that's gonna. I mean, I I don't think that they're not gonna get out of the group with Bayern, you know. Well, but I think it's gonna be I mean, it's gonna be. It makes it a little bit harder. It means they have to do
0: more in their next couple of games, and they have to beat Inter on the The return leg. Yeah. Um, but it, it just little controversy went against Barca. Um and you could understand why they feel a bit hard done by it. Yeah. Um but I think that leaves uh Liverpool for last, yeah? Yeah, I think that's it. That's the last um, uh, that's the last one. Liverpool won their game, their Champions League game. Uh Trent Alexander Arnold scored a a pretty pretty nasty free kick, I won't lie. It was nice. Um Here is my. I'm sort of using this to as a jumping off point to talk about Liverpool sort of at large. Um, And there's you can say, okay, their offense isn't firing. I'm not quite sure why. Um, Why that is like what? Why Salah isn't isn't running like isn't firing? I don't know. Couldn't.
1: Couldn't tell you. I didn't watch Um, it. I didn't watch like to really be able, like maybe watching in close detail. Maybe I could tell, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, and like Nunez started this game, but he has literally been invisible since he got red carded. Yeah. Um, in like the second game of the year, so like.
1: No, he's definitely uh, taking quite a long time to adjust. Um, into the. Don't know what's going on there, but anyways. Um, I I think the most hot topic
0: with um, Liverpool recently has been Trent Alexander-Arnold. And after he scored the free kick yesterday, Twitter kind of exploded into a, what were you saying about Trent Alexander-Arnold? And I think there's some nuance to the TAA conversation. And the nuance is, I think, this. Trent has, quite frankly, never been a good defender.
1: No, he hasn't. And he like, has I think we should just never, all agree on that. He but has he's never, not. This is
0: not a new failing of Trent Alexander-Arnold, I would say. No. He, I don't think, frankly, he's really playing any differently. No. What is happening is that Van Dyke and the, the center backs – Are not playing well. Are not playing well. Yeah. That I think is the difference, not Trent Alexander Arnold. Do I think Trent Alexander Arnold should work on his defending? Yes, I do. He is a defender. I think he should defend. But I also think that's why Southgate is hesitant to play him with England. Because if he does not have world class level, right, as of right now, if he does not have world class level center backs, behind him or a world-class six um that can cover for him defensively yeah because he gets caught out because he doesn't position himself right because he can't defend one-on-one like if he doesn't have the players around him the support around him that causes his team to lose goals and you can understand why Southgate looking at his England squad is like yeah I don't have the center backs for that
1: yeah absolutely and the thing is is that like he would be, like, he could improve his defending and be one of the best defenders in the world.
0: I was listening to Sky Sports' podcast and uh, Jamie Carriger, who is, of course, a Liverpool yeah. guy, yeah. Um, was talking about this. And him and Gary Neville uh, were talking about um, this. And they were talking about, basically, how Trent Alexander-Arnold, what he lacks are all things that can be taught. They exactly. are things that can be learned. Yeah. Like, there are certain things in 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 football that you can't teach. Yeah, um, You either have it or you don't. The things that Trent Alexander-Arnold, his weaknesses, where he gets himself in trouble, are things that he can be taught. He can be taught. Um, Jamie Carragher was saying, and I don't, I'm going to be quite honest, I don't understand how he's a defender at this level and doesn't do this automatically. But, um, Jamie Carragher was talking about how Trent Ar- Alexander, Alexander Arnold, when he is defending one-on-one is very upright well, rather than down. Yeah. Than, like down. And I don't understand how he doesn't do that. Cause I feel like I wasn't even a defender. I was a winger. Um, and occasionally, you know, sort of a midfielder, um, a central midfielder, but mostly I played on the wing, but I knew you lose the ball, drop your knees, girl. Like, get down into it you're more it's a more athletic position it's easier to change it's easier to change direction quickly it's easier to sort of I'm like just mobile you're more mobile like you're down like this you guide the player the direction you want to go like I'm this is like youth soccer shit so I don't know how Alexander Arnold has gotten to this point in his life where he doesn't that hasn't been drilled into him it was drilled into me as like a 10 year old Mm -hmm. but like um And I, by no means, play professionally. So I don't understand how that's happened. But essentially, like, point being, he could learn this. He could learn to position himself better. He could learn to shape his body better. He could learn to have better awareness or move his, you know, scan more and be you know, more, and you would think he would have a better understanding of how offensive balls come in because he puts in such ridiculous balls offensively that he would be able to reverse engineer that and defend them, but he doesn't. Yeah. So I just think like, like, he's so good going forward, genuinely, and I, you, we all know I'm a limp later. And frankly, I don't even like Trent Alexander Arnold. I think he's kind of an ass. Um, but so like, I don't even like him as a dude. But, like, um I genuinely think if he learned how to defend, even just, like, a little bit, like, if he learned to be, like, a decent defender, or even just, like, an okay defender, he would start, he would be
1: the best right back in the world. Yeah. No, I went on one, but that, like, I that's, what I, yeah, like, he, he could do it. He's also not even that old, like, he's young he's enough to do this he's 23 to me but like he could learn but I, so, my, and I don't understand so why my Liverpool isn't putting it in to do it like you know like Liverpool I street,
0: think he has gotten away with this for a very long time because he had such world-class defenders behind him and I think that's yeah. all that honestly may maybe to his detriment or having broken through at Liverpool so young and it was to his detriment because he never had to he was never in a position where he had to learn those things Yeah, because that that could
1: be true.
0: And so now he's in a position where he's really exposed, where his weaknesses are really exposed. Um and I I mean I think it will tell us a lot about his character as a player, if he can knuckle down and teach himself or get taught some defending. Yeah. Um
1: I would agree. Or
0: if he wants to, or if he wants to lean in too heavily and, and and Klopp is defending his player in the media of course but at the same time like of course you're not going to drop him from your, your starting 11 like of course you're not but i don't think it would hurt to admit that he like is not the best defender out there yeah. he's not that's never been his job nope. like he's never he's never been in a position where he had to defend so you can't blame you can't even really blame him for like not having done it before now but now he has to do it i think because yeah. i think i think many of us were aware previously who watched liverpool closely or watched him closely many of us were aware he w- could not defend right exactly. but i think casual viewers or more casual fans maybe were less aware of the fact that he couldn't defend because it didn't his lack of being able to defend did result in as many goals because yeah. what everybody behind him took care of it so now that it is out in the open, basically, that um, he either needs to fix it or he's gonna find himself in a bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what England does with him. Um, let's move on to our miscellaneous section that we always seem to have at the end um, do you have an order to which we would like to speak to these um, let's talk other leagues first okay um, so um, Dortmund lost, Bayern won Dortmund fashion if Dortmund won they would have gone top of the Bundesliga of course they didn't win so they're not top of the Bundesliga um, and yeah yep just another weekend in the Bundesliga no one making any sense ever Um, The other thing is, is that Real dropped points for the first time, which means that Barca um, has now gone ahead in La Liga. Obviously, early on, I anticipate this changing some more during the season, but... um, just noting that Real dropped points. Um, yeah,
0: they they are to be fair, like they're tied on points. Um, yeah. Barça is ahead on goal differential. Exactly um, so. But neither Barça or Madrid have lost yet in La Liga, okay. and the El Clasico is coming up. It um, is it's coming in up. A, not yeah. this weekend, but next weekend, I believe. I, so. um, I will say, however, I'm a bit concerned. Barça has lost, I believe, three center backs to injury in the last yes. ten days. They have. Um, yeah. So Barca's having a bit of a defensive injury issue um, which Javi will not be pleased about. No, it's um, not very ideal for the season. Sprained his ankle, so he in theory could be out a pretty short period of time or a very long period of time. Yeah. A sprained ankle is a very vague injury.
1: That yeah, means just <laughs> sprained ankles
0: strange sprained ankles can be 10 days, sprained ankles can be a whole mess. So yes. um but you know he's got other center backs with injuries right now so that's yeah. not ideal um but it will say that most likely whoever wins all costco will be top of the league but they are tied on points right now um and yeah like i said they tied uh benzema actually missed a pk right yeah. at the end for rail he's team. not um, invincible is he he is not invincible He missed a PK. Um, Lewandowski's goal in Barca's game this weekend was also a very, very nice goal. Um, Really nice turn, good finish. Um, So worth noting there. But yeah, that's um, other league drama
1: updates, what have you. Um, The other thing is that uh, in some women's soccer updates, (laughs) uh, U.S. plays England tomorrow. We will obviously discuss in detail next week. Yes. Um, (laughs) going. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I will say
1: this. Um, There's a bit of a
0: damper on this game because of... I would say a pretty large
1: damper on
0: the game. Yeah. What was published this week, which would be um, Sally Yates's uh, The result of Sally Yates' investigation into U.S. soccer and the NWSL and their mistreatment of players...
1: For the past forever, the, in- basically um, the entire time.
0: Yeah. What I will say is this: I don't think that anybody who has been paying attention is surprised. No, I was. About to say um, that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is continues to be very disturbing. Um, the sort of power dynamics and abuses that have been going on in the NWSL and has been basically permitted. By U.S. Soccer, yes, um, for years and years and years, and it's all pretty, for lack of a better word, fucked up. Um,
1: no, I mean, I think that's the best way of describing (laughs) it, right? Like, it
0: is. (laughs) I don't think we need to go too into the nitty gritty of it because it's pretty. I didn't even read all of it, but even just reading like some of the summaries of it, it's pretty disturbing and it's pretty unsettling and it's really uncomfortable. Um. But I think, nonetheless, all of those things are true. Not surprising.
1: And that is, um, and I think that that is kind of the thing. Like, like uh, this report didn't, like, it came out. I read the headline, and I was like, oh, it was that's very much not something sort that of I just, didn't think wasn't ha- like. That's the just, bad part about it.
0: It was just
1: expanding on things
0: that people who've been paying attention already
1: know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the hope Um, now is that if it's in this official report, like we want to see change. I don't know. I haven't looked to see what the discussions around that. I know, but I I know Portland at least has fired some people. Okay, but I know
0: that not enough has happened yet. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how it develops. But obviously, the U.S. women's, women's national team players are very um, affected by this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Many of them were sort of very personally involved um, in a lot of this. Um, Kristen Press, most notably, of course, she's injured and not playing anyway, but um, she is obviously, was very, very, very personally impacted by this. Um, And Alex Morgan as well was very involved um, in a lot of the stuff that was going on in Portland um yeah so so there was a lot there's a lot going on sort of outside of the game itself tomorrow so while I still think the U.S. women's national team while they're professionals and I think they will turn up to play I would not be shocked if there's a bit of a it's not their best performance tomorrow I will say given everything that's going on so I think that's it's unfortunate in a way, um, the timing, because I think it's all everybody's talking about right now, which is not. Yeah. Um, Becky Sauerbrun, obviously captain of the U.S. international team, spoke about it a little bit yesterday, two days ago, something like that. I don't remember. Um, just in sort of pre match press conference and talking about how they're all deeply affected by it. Um, so I, I just. It puts a little bit of damper on tomorrow's game and it puts, um, I think it takes away from the potential meaning of the game. Yeah, I think uh, so too. In terms of telling us how evenly matched these teams potentially are.
1: Yeah, I would Um, agree. So, I mean, we'll see. I I think it's still going to be a very entertaining game. I don't think it's really, it may not tell us everything that we thought it might tell us, and honestly, we're just going to wait for the World Cup in the summer. Yeah. Like, and
0: and and honest to God, I'm we might be completely wrong here. The U.S. men's national team, this maybe this, uh, maybe the the women's team, this just lights a fire under their ass, and then they
1: that could be right. That could be the opposite. It doesn't right? affect it them. Could,
0: it could, it, be yeah, that. and it doesn't yeah. affect them negatively. But I would not be surprised if it affected them a little bit. And and nor would I blame them. I would have no. to, oh, God, not no. blame them for for uh, this affecting how they play tomorrow. So yeah, um, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, but it should be a good game nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and we will so. discuss next week. Um, I think that was it. Amazingly enough, um, that is it. We had less miscellaneous stuff, I guess, than we may usually have had. But um, yeah, there's another busy week ahead. As every week is going to be busy until the World Cup, basically. Um, Yep. And there's nonstop games. So that's it for this week. But we will talk to you again next week at the same time. All righty. See y'all. Bye.
0: That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.